Famcast Media. Bitch. Welcome to the SM Podcast. Scribble and Mad Max. Not my bad, keep my circle tight Spitting up that verbal light To shed upon the vagabond Who's searching for some more to life Black. Now approaches the wandering Jew I'm taking some bumps and lacing some blunts And I'm just smoking this sauntering Here we go, go. Here, uh, here we are, here we go S&M Underground uh, February 27th I, st- I never know what episode it is So Episode fucking- 7 Seven, get the fuck out of here. We've been doing this for fucking two months almost already. Good lord. Yeah. All right. So seven already. Now nah, I fucks with it. That is uh, that is good news. I think uh, you know we've been getting. I don't know if we got any new reviews thus far, but even just the ones we have already, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty cool, man. You know what? I have not checked this week. Let me uh, right. while we're talking, I'll check right now. I'll pull. It All right. Well, I mean, you know, also considering. If somebody uh, if, if somebody left one, that we will uh, read it. Although they haven't heard that yet, so they don't know that, but they will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sir. So so last week we did uh, the abortion of a Violent J album, and uh... well, <laughs> I look, man. I'm sorry. I will continue to maintain uh, the, that album is not going to be good. First of all, at all. To anybody that's not a juggalo. That's the first thing I'm going to say. But second of <laughs> all, even to a juggalo, you got to be real, real, real deep into juggalo culture to be able to appreciate what that album like represents and is. So yeah. I just, I get that from, a, from an objective hip-hop standpoint, people are like, this is absolute fucking garbage. But to me... Like I said, the the level of just the man is breaking apart on track and he's giving it to the world to see. And excuse me, I think that there's something incredibly noble about that, knowing what he's done. I don't think that, you know, they put out some albums that have been kind of like, you know, whatever here and there. But I think that generally speaking, they have a pretty high standard for what their brand is as far as you know psychopathic records so like there's everything that they've ever released objectively whether or not it was dope had dope aspects to it everything they've done and I'll agree with that I don't think that every I don't think that they really ever put out something where it was like holy shit what the fuck is this you know what I mean? I So, at that point, I really... Bloody Sunday, to me, represents just... I... I was trying to think of a more clever way to say it, but, like, the fucking erosion of the man's fucking mental state, the fact that he would put that, that album together and put it out so that people could hear it, like first of all, <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> the more that I think about it, there are really dope tracks on that album. Like the stiff, I think was really just like it was just good goofy ICP fun. Yeah, good goofy violent J. Like I found a body. Like I found a body was much more like cinematic and I found a body. Like you know, it was a much more. It was meant to be a little bit more like. There's more atmosphere. Whereas with the stiff was just like, oh, I found a fucking body. And then by the end of it, he's like, why the fuck did I even grab this body? Like, what the fuck? What? I should have never put this piece of shit up on my shoulder. Like, or a hunk of shit, I think is what he said. But. Well, you know what? You know what we should do to counter. What's the word? Uh, counter. Counteract. Yeah. The Violent J album. Okay. I think we should review. I think we should re- review the new cannabis album because I listened to it. Yesterday, okay, and uh, I got some thoughts. It did good thoughts, bad thoughts. It's some of both, mainly good thoughts. Okay, well, so no, listen, bro. I have just for the fact that, and I really have been meaning to fucking at least lease one of his beats, if not fucking grab one outright. But Johnny Slash is, I like, is every bit as good 
as any other fucking beat maker out there that you've ever heard of. Like, in my opinion, like, I cannabis is dope. But I haven't really gone in for a lot of cannabis stuff over the last few years because I just, it hasn't had the same appeal. But when I heard that he was doing an album with Johnny Slash, now that... Well, he, he, he was doing this really weird thing the last few albums. Uh, well, well, all of 2022, he had a new release every month. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, oh, well, so is that a new album or a new song? Well, the releases were, you know, like a lot of the releases were just like compilation kind of albums, uh, uh, feature albums where it's like all features that he did and that kind of shit, you know, just getting shit out there. But he did do a couple new albums in the last few years and he's he's been doing this thing where he's real quiet on the track like this. It's cannabis. <laughs> you know, it's this, it's this is- really... That's interesting. That is definitely a detraction from what uh, he would normally do. I want cannabis. I, w- I, w- I want cannabis sounding like he sounds on this new album, which is the dumbest album title of all time. But I, <laughs> he's finally back. He's finally back to sounding like cannabis. Okay. I, I well, no, that's that it. is a good review for me. That makes me want to actually listen to it. Like, yeah, I mean, so we'll again, do that. Again, I really, I can't stress enough the fact that Johnny Slash did the beats very much, like, pushes me towards wanting to be interested in the project, but... Absolutely. For somebody who I know values lyricism on high, is saying that cannabis is back to sounding like cannabis, that is about as good of a review as you could ask for, so I'm definitely, I think tomorrow I know I'm going to be listening to it work. The self-licking ice cream cone. It is definitely a strange... Well, so... <laughs> it's also the the anagram. You catch that? Slick? Slick. Yep. I'm not even going to lie. I saw the name and I didn't pick up on that until I saw it spelled out. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not like... It's not like I'm trying to put you on game. Which, it is definitely... I don't know. You listen to the album. Don't Do you feel like there was? it, it was meant to... It, it's like a metaphor of something? Um, I'd have to do, I'd have to, to, to listen again with that in mind and see if I can find anything. Um, I didn't hear anything like that. I think he just thought it was a weird title. It's a weird cannabis thing. And, uh, I, fair he does enough. That a lot, All right. You know? I mean, and you want to know what? It doesn't need a meaning. If it, look, fair enough. I mean, this was the guy telling us about aliens on the moon with gel on their boots so they don't leave footprints. You know he's and fucking. Let's also, let's also let's also not forget that cannabis has said, uh, "Can't nobody eat a rapper's ass like me." So. <laughs> <laughs> Classic hip hop line that doesn't hold listen, up. Listen, listen, bro. I I hate to say it, but it, truth be told, I remember when I heard that it was like, who now, let now him you, come out the fucking that. studio? It, like, so when you heard, I'm not that, even. Something... Come on, like I can't fucking clown cannabis. Who the fuck am I? But like, that's... I just the lack of awareness. Like nobody said, don't do that. Well, speaking of cannabis and his lack of awareness, he he just did Math Hoffa's podcast. I and, feel like um, I heard something about that. Like he did he say something like noteworthy? He really. Or... No, I mean, the whole podcast is the best cannabis interview I've ever had because cannabis is very closed off to interviews. Uh, okay. When, when, he, when he used to go on, like, uh, uh, Conspiracy Worldwide Radio and shit like that, like, he right. was very... Right. He was well, very that's com- different. Com- he was very combative. But not just that interview. Listen to any of interviews with cannabis. You know, he's, like, a very combative guy. And, uh, but, but Math Hoffa just seemed to open up cannabis. Pause. Right. <laughs> um, and yo, cannabis is really just, he, he, he talked all about the M&M thing and the LL beef and like, he just went deep into it and he was really talking about, he, a lot of it seemed to stem from him being young and not knowing how the wreck being ignorant of how the industry works. You know what I mean? Right, like it all right. seems to come to that with cannabis. No, that's that's interesting. I got to tell you, I often forget that cannabis and Eminem genuinely beefed, like, to the point that Cannabitch was, like, I'm not even... 
Cause I, what can I say? That was like as fucking diss tracks go. That was a good one. But then again, well, Eminem was also the king of diss tracks with like, bro, not for nothing. And I say this being from Massachusetts, nail in the coffin on Benzino. Oh my lord, that was one of the fucking filthiest diss tracks of all time. Like, yeah, M definitely has some some uh, unfuckwittable diss tracks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But he also has some diss tracks where it's some real lame shit, too. And that would be an interesting episode to go into because I'm very heated when I, when I talk about Eminem because my love for him, uh, for his, you know, first couple records and when I was a little kid listening to that is yeah. so strong that the hatred becomes so strong for what he's been doing the last, like, 13 years. I, well, <laughs> it's, I gotta tell you, though, man, I really... We are on the opposite sides of that because I just don't agree that Eminem is not doing well in so much as his fucking, his wordplay, first of all, is ridiculous. It's on a level it's, that... But it is, it is, it is ridiculous, but oh, see, you're going to get me going, bro, because the wordplay is the most annoying fucking thing about him. His wordplay is so corny, bro. Like I, I wish don't, well, we, we gotta have a full episode on this so I can bring shit to the table. No, and listen, that's fine, and we can do that. That's a whole other episode, so <laughs> we will. That, that will be. Balls, that can bro. be our next episode, straight up and down. I'm cool with that. We can do that because I know enough yeah. about Eminem off the rip that I don't even need to go that deep into his shit to step pause to to uh, know uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. How much his impact? I'm not has saying. Been, I'm, not know saying a lot of his I'm not. I'm not even saying he's not incredible. He could fucking double no, time. No, but rap that's his not what off. I'm saying. What I'm saying is his ability to put lyrics together, his metaphor level is it's fucking way off the charts. Nobody. But he's else. not saying shit though. He doesn't say shit. That's his fucking problem. I. You want to know what? The fuck is the I purpose don't, of this? I don't know if I agree with that just on the merit of the only time he says shit is when he's trying to do relationship songs and nobody uh, wants to hear a goddamn Eminem no, relationship listen, song. I'm going to tell you right now. I can't remember the name of the track, but the one where he's like making it look like he's about to be doing a show and then he's the fucking the shooter from Las Vegas. That was clever and that was like I again, I think we're on the opposite sides of this one. Yeah. Because again, yeah, I yeah. My, we definitely are. <laughs> I also want to be clear. I have a lot of love for Eminem in the sense of him being a huge influence on what I do and me having a huge level of respect for his ability on the microphone. But I'm also not like, I don't tend to listen to Eminem in the sense of like, and maybe I should get back to it because it was such a thing for me for a while, but. I just, I'm, I don't find myself to be a fan in the sense that I seek his music out, but I really do from like a, if, if hip hop could be measured quantifiably, like if there was an actual scale for like the whole world, like the same way that there's, you know, for like boxers or fucking physicists or psychologists, like there's a primer for all these different things where you have to like go to college and like learn certain things. If there was an agreed upon thing for what hip hop is, it is impossible that Eminem would not be somewhere at the top of it based on his not only selling ability, but his ability to put fucking words together in a way where like, but you keep saying put words together, and anyone can put words together. Uh, no, now, hold not, on, hold no, on, hold on. That, See, I already no. Stop, no, that's stop. not. <laughs> stop no, it. because what no, what you're doing is arguing semantics, and what I'm talking about is his ability to craft a metaphor and his ability to make association. Because this is one of the big things. About but does me. a metaphor matter if it's well crafted? If it's if it's if it's garbage and corny as fuck. Well, but that's it depends on why you're calling it garbage and corny as fuck. <laughs> See, and that's that's. That is sub that is definitely Eminem. subjective, and I will totally cop to the fact that we this could totally be a stalemate situation where there is no like 
middle ground. <laughs> it's definitely, it's not a could be, it is a stalemate. I listen, I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. But I just, I really cannot stress enough that, like, listen, bro, I'm the dude who, again, I'm not particularly a fan of Eminem. I don't like seek his albums out. I when his albums come out, I don't think I've listened. Well, to Well, why his... would you? Because his last fucking ten albums have been hot trash. Well, why I don't know see... about last ten, but look to me, <laughs> maybe it's the fact that Relapse and Recovery came out so long ago at this point. Because I don't know, well, but that's when it, that's when M lost it, bro. I don't know that that's true. I think Relapse and Recovery are fantastic. But one way I or think another, you are fucking tripping if you can get through Relapse and that retarded ass fucking accent he does. I, I listen, bro. Mind. I again, I like Relapse. I really do. And <laughs> again, listen, we can totally be on the other sides of this. But like I said, I'm the dude who's like, because I remember a time, and I know that you're gonna understand and respect this. I remember a time where the idea was who were the who the, the the conversation wasn't top five or even top three. The conversation was is it Big Ear is it Pac? Only one of those two are the best. I remember for a long time that being the conversation. And I remember getting to a point where I actually said, I think that Eminem raps in a way where if Biggie or Pac had lived, they may have eventually been able to rap like this. Like, that's that's what I, that's my opinion. Yeah, I respect that. I mean, I mean, I'm not taking it. I don't want to take and it sounds because I sound like such a hater when I'm talking about Eminem. No, look, I bro, I um, get it but, because I, I understand what you're trying to say. Some of his metaphors are like, they're so obvious that it's like, are you for real? Like, really, bro? That's that you were able to like, I'm trying to remember which fucking song it was and, that and, had like the. Well, you you it, know when it really started with me? It what? really started with Rap God. Hey, listen, bro, I don't even know that song. I don't even listen to that song. Everyone came like, oh my God, Eminem is back. He created the most fucking incredible song ever. Listen to this. And you listen to it and you're like, okay, I mean, uh, uh, tonally it sounds dope. It's fuck, you know, everything's there. But he's not saying jack shit. And you go into the lyrics and you're like, well, did a fucking AI just throw these words together? What the fuck? There's well, no, no heart, but so no listen, this, this is what I have to say about that. Because this is what I know about not only Rap God, but also Godzilla, which I genuinely believe that Eminem at a certain point has been like, I've already gone multi-fucking-diamond in every country that has fucking access to music excuse me like every single place that you can listen to music in the civilized world Eminem has sold a million records there like that's a fact yeah so yeah at that point I really do think he looks at it you know being an American who lives in America and mostly I think is interested in American happenings and politics and what have you um I do think that he probably just gets bored and he's like what can I do to do a thing that nobody else has done and just do it because I can do it and for no other reason. And I believe that that's what he would do because he did that whole song and I ain't even got to make no goddamn sense. I just wrote a whole song and I didn't say shit. I think that he really, he did that shit because he wanted to be able to say, I have the record for most syllables in a number one Exactly, syllable. and therein lies the problem. Why? Why, after this many years? Come the fuck on. He's already done it Come all. on, bro. Like, maybe maybe that's the most incredible shit to a fucking normie who's never heard anybody rap fast. I Well, look, but that's... But, okay, the, but that's not the point. The, the whole R. A. idea... The Rugged Man, the whole rugged idea man raps fast. He's able to do that. He's able to do that and have it be a number one single. Nobody else, I don't give a fuck who can but rap But that's fast. not impressive. That's not impressive to me. He's I, fucking well, Eminem. I Anything he what? does will be number one. I Look, I think that at this point, I, like, I guess if you want to make the argument that anything he puts out is going to be like on that level. Eminem, Eminem is untouchable. If we're talking about number ones and selling shit and 
You well, gotta no, think so about it, bro. Like, well, but that's kind of what I'm saying, and it's not even just that. But then Godzilla, he beat his syllable count from Rap God. Well, and, and here's here's what I was trying to say. Okay, I do respect the how he can put words together, and it's it's more down to his voice. He sounds like a robot to me these days. But here's well, the thing. maybe he's been cloned. I'm sure you've heard about that fucking ridiculous nonsense. Here's the thing. I've been trying to say it. Ra the Rugged Man beat Eminem syllable count on the the most recent album. Okay. And well, he, but so and here's he did the thing. it, and he did it, and he did it, and he was fucking dropping real bars. He wasn't just saying quick shit that sounded slick. He I, was well, actually listen. dropping dope shit. Well, listen. This is what I'll say to that. I haven't Content. ever looked up the lyrics to Eminem's fucking Godzilla or Rap God. I don't know the lyrics, so I couldn't even make a proper argument on that. But what I will say is R.A. the Rugged Man, objectively, in my opinion, is as good, if not better, rapper than Eminem, technically speaking. Better. Like, if we're talking days, about bar days, for bar... I take R.A. all day. If we're talking about bar for bar, because R.A. the Rugged Man has been, like, he came from a world where lyricism was the only fucking thing that mattered. And granted, Eminem came from that world too, but R.A. was has been underground the whole time. Like, this is, we're talking about a dude that in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, at the gathering, the fucking, the year that I played many years ago, fucking uh, not the one of the worst gatherings of all time and definitely one of the worst gatherings I've ever been to but and it sucks that I wasn't there to see this but R.A. the Rugged Man when shit got shut down at the second stage and uh, the homie from uh, I mean he really is from Outland Camp but uh, DJ Dusted Hoffman uh, he fucking he was DJing for him and he did his fucking set on a megaphone and killed it and Juggalos love R.A. the Rugged Man and that's not an easy at the gathering that's not an easy crowd to fucking get over on and every year he comes back and kills it every year and fucking like R.A. is just on a different level when it comes to being a rapper as well R.A. is not only better than Eminem at least in the last 10 years but his live performance destroys oh, Eminem yeah. is one oh, of the my shittiest Lord. live oh, performances is I've one ever of the, seen. I've actually been very fortunate because a lot of people around here have a very similar appreciation for R.A. And because of that, they have brought him out for shows in the past. And those have always been great shows. He is absolutely one of the best on stage I've ever seen. Because he's the kind of guy that it doesn't matter how big the crowd is, how small the crowd is, he's gonna fucking, like, I remember, I can't remember if it was the Guru Room or if it was the Palladium, but he literally, like, stopped and he was talking about how he did the song Hallelujah with Tech 9 and Chris Calico, and he was taught, like, I don't remember if he did his verse first and then did this, but he, like, stopped and was trying to be like, y'all, do you really understand, like, what I'm, like, I didn't, I'm not just spitting bullshit when I do these bars. Like, when I spit this fast shit, like, I'm actually still saying something. And so he, like, spit the verse, but, like, a little bit slower so he could kind of break it down and shit. Bro, R.A. is for sure underground. If we're talking underground, I would say, and there's so many rappers, so it's hard, so, but, like, Top five, and if not top five, top ten, but probably top five. Like, yeah, it's my thing is I have a really hard time ever having a top five or top ten conversation about rap because the reality is there are so many that are good. There and so many that have done a lot. Well, it's like it's like we got a comment on the Instagram of our last episode talking about horrorcore, and this guy said, "I would have loved to hear you mention this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy." And it's like, yo, there's only so much time in a goddamn day. I mean, the the amount of horrorcore rappers that are dope that we can talk about. I mean, we'd have to do an entire fucking eleven part series. Well, on the I shit mean, if listen, we wanted to cover everyone, you know what I mean? There are uh, there are probably some podcasts out there doing something in that direction. But what I will say is that 
I do think it would be worthwhile to at some point do some uh, like because I you know I listened to the uh, the other uh, the episode we did the other day of uh, fucking where I was trying to break down horrorcore and I realized that as somebody who does it and has been doing it for a long time. I like I'm just familiar with a lot of shit at a distance like I'm not exactly a student of the genre and I think that there is one person I think that we could have on uh, who is not a rapper but he is really a horrorcore historian at this point Uh, Frank Fierro he did the uh, the horrorcore wiki oh well yo I just I just got a link like a month ago, someone sent me a link. They're like, yo, you're on Horrorcore Wiki. I was like, what the fuck is Horrorcore Yeah, no, Wiki? dude, listen. <laughs> nah, bro. Frank is, first of all, Frank is the homie. I actually should hit him up. I think he's one of the, I think he, if I recall correctly, he looks like a gym bro, which I, I need a fucking gym bro to point me in the right direction. But no, he is genuinely, like he's made the Horrorcore trading cards, I'm pretty sure. I did, I was on, I believe the first series can't remember exactly but there have been a bunch made and like you have to understand like this dude goes in deep he knows about fucking everybody and well, he'd so be a great episode to deep dive no and that's kind of what i'm saying i will holler at him because again he I, I i don't talk to him nearly as much as i should but he is definitely the homie he's a real good guy so that like well, i just looked on real quick i just looked on uh, we do not have any new reviews but uh we need to be pumping it every episode so that people leave. so go leave a goddamn review y'all come on yeah definitely do that so uh, you want to know what we're getting to about the uh the half hour mark which means you know we should probably get into yeah, the uh, in. into our list cuz we're going to so, do so uh, i had I had this idea to do a top 10 stand-up comedians. I know we're both comedy fans, and I got to give full credit to the homie Mark Alden Taylor from uh, the BS Sessions. He did a top 11 uh, stand-up comedians with him and all his homies, and I thought it was... I was watching it going, fuck, I should have been on this episode. Uh, well, but hey, yeah, now I know we we're can, both big stand-up Now fans, we can do so, our yeah. own. And I think yep. that it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be good because dude, stand-up comedy has been a huge part of my life for a long time. I actually, um, years and years ago, I, uh, I, I got into a low grade internet rapper beef with, uh, dude, Bobby Knight from third shift entertainment and on the diss track, get down, Bob, I stole a Pat Oswalt lyric. I, I stole the Pat Oswalt joke as a lyric. And I said, uh, fuck what's been spoken. Here's the bottom line, wise guy. Rhyme wise, you're gayer than eight guys blowing nine guys. And <laughs> I, th- I think to this day that that's hilarious. But um, no, that was totally stolen from Patton Oswalt, who is not that who was not that high on my list. And years ago, I would be shocked to have seen that. But no, I uh, I stand behind my uh, I stand behind my list. But, um, yeah, this was a real this was a real hard list to make for me because literally I've been listening to podcasts since before pe- the the average person knew what a podcast was. Right, so right. I, Back I when was exposed to a were lot only of only on iPods. Yeah, I was exposed to a lot of stand up comedians through the early Joe Rogan podcasts and WTF when they when Mark Maron first started. Mark Maron. So Marin, I got them. into a lot of uh, a lot of stand-up comedian so it's been uh, a huge part of my life for the last 10 plus years oh no uh, dude i stand-up comedy has been i remember being a kid i don't even know exactly how old but there was this show on uh showtime like showtime and hbo it was called full frontal comedy and dom deloise fucking love that guy dom deloise hosted and it was basically stand-up comedians, and then in between, it was Dom DeLuise hanging out with topless chicks. It was like, it was amazing. And then there was this one chick, this one lady with huge tits who would always sit right in the front. And like every fucking episode, it was weird when she wasn't there. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I swear, bro, on my life. I don't know who the woman was. I should look this shit up and find it out. Anyway, 
I remember seeing Patton Oswalt doing bits that I recognize years later. I know them now, but like, I remember there was him and there were a few other comedians that I've seen that I recognize, but it was like an early variety show, but it was like dirty. Like you could actually be blue. And that was kind of a newer thing in the 90s. I remember, I remember VH1 used to have stand-up comedians and I saw Bob Saget shove a fucking camcorder into his pants. You know what I mean? Bob Saget was a weird dude, but fucking... I think the first I think the first stand up that I remember seeing is uh, my parents always watched Seinfeld, and as a kid, okay. there's no worse fucking show on earth when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, than Seinfeld. Uh, no, I love Seinfeld now. No, I'm I get fucking, it. Oh, I'm no, obsessed. as a kid, it's yeah, it's like fucking. It's ridiculous. fucking. Yeah. It's it's Seinfeld and <laughs> Frasier were the fucking lamest shows on earth when you're fucking ten years old. Yeah, exactly. You know, what you I have mean? to get older. And, but, you have to get older, and your life has to suck a little bit before you can appreciate it. Exactly, bro. And uh, so I think it was like the first time seeing Jerry. Uh, you know, every episode they would have him doing stand up before the episode started. <laughs> correct. But. Um, as a kid, though, I remember like uh, my grandpa was really into Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney and a, is a great. Lot of older guys. I and will I say thought he was funny, and that—that's where I really learned to respect the the one-liner. Right, right. Which hey, there's a lot of overlap there with rap as far as like, you know what I'm saying? Fucking rapping Rodney, bro. <laughs> but no, I will say yep. that generally speaking. All of my comedians in my top 10, with the exception of Eddie Murphy, are all reasonably newer. Or Eddie Murphy and Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard is like, I think he still does acting. He may occasionally still do stand-up, but like Eddie Izzard was playing like Madison Square Garden and like big theaters and shit. So, you know, he was he was getting on for his time, but um most of my comedians are, or actually, I take it back. Um, well, I'm actually not going to say his name yet because he's my number one, but he actually existed in more of the, he was kind of like, he was so ahead of his time that his shit in that era was good enough that I I genuinely think it still holds up as well today as oh, all the time. Yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. Alright, we'll fair enough. There, and you yeah, wanna know what? Depending absolutely. on who's listening would may may fucking know also, but no, alright, so no, so, we'll get into it. I already said my number ten, technically. That's uh that's Eddie Izzard. And I listed him because I found him when I was a kid. It was really weird. He was a dude that dressed like a chick, and he was like, I'm a transvestite, and it's not that weird. I just dress like a woman, whatever. And he was also really funny. Oh, okay. I, I, I was looking at the co- the cover of one of his albums. I'm like, am I? What? what? Yeah, <laughs> am I no, seeing this right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's actually very, uh, he's very open about it. But the thing is, most of his comedy... I've come to find over time what makes it funny is the fact that he like it's all based on history and facts and yeah, yeah, yeah. like information and so because he's very like he questions God a lot he questions history or he talks about history and just like I don't know to me I always appreciated, because first of all, I think he made, you know, like, you know, had some really good bits, like the, uh, like, Evil Ducks, like, with Noah's Ark, but... Well, dude, I was, I was listening to the Stonehenge bit, and that shit had me dying. Oh, Stonehenge and Strawhenge, yeah. Dude, then a big I'm, bad wolf oh came God, and blew him so down, funny. and then three little piggies had to be really. Uh, be, uh, and he he just projects. has great. He has he has that great British timing. Oh yeah. I don't know what it is, bro. It's just he 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 makes me laugh, man. He's oh no, for stuff. sure. No, he is. Uh, he's real funny. He is. Uh, I always uh, have enjoyed his bits. Which the newer ones, and I don't remember the last time he put an album out, but again, it's always like very. And it's obvious that he feels this way because his mother died when he was young and he has this, like, you know... He said it in a bunch of interviews, like, Hitler lived longer than my mother. 
explain that. Come on, bro. Any 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 comedian worth a shit had a fucked up. You know, comedians are fucked up. They're, yeah, it's just like oh, fucking musicians. Sure. You know. Like, oh yeah. The best ones. The best ones are the fucked up ones. Oh yeah, no, for sure. You know, for sure. But now, and to that end, I will say that. You know, he's done a lot of work. He's been in a bunch of movies. He was in one of the Oceans movies. I can't remember which one. Um, I saw him at a uh, fucking play once because my mother knew I was a fan of his comedy. It was a super weird fucking play. It was called A Day in the Death of Joe Egg. It was like... they. It was about, like, they had a baby that was, like, born retarded. And I don't... Like, maybe they killed it at the end? I don't even fucking know. But it was... It was a very strange play. Uh... Yeah, Eddie Izzard, definitely, uh, again, his comedy being so, like, based on history and, like, just facts and shit. I always appreciate that. I appreciate when you can listen to somebody and feel like you're actually taking something away from it as opposed to just fucking, like, (laughs) that's funny. You know what I mean? But well, I got I got a, I got a couple of those. Uh, oh no! Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I seen I seen a couple where there's one on there where I'm not even mad at you, but I'm just like, uh, I, I know, don't know. I know. I know. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no, we certainly uh, will. Well, so what's your number ten? So here here's the thing about my list. Yes, uh, most of my list is okay. shit that I discovered when I was like twelve. You know what I mean? So it's shit. I find that uh, all the shit that I discovered when I was like 12 to, to 14, 15 is the shit I still love. And um, not not to say that I don't have okay. comedians I found afterwards on the list, because I do. But uh, a lot of this list is just shit that I, I, I found when I was a kid. So number 10 on my list is uh, George Lopez. But the Chicano, you know, the Chicano's his own, his own breed. We add words that aren't there, you know. <laughs> We make words, you know, other people say, are you going? Chicano, hey, are you going or not? Are you going or not? Or not? So George Lopez, uh, my great grandpa, oh, not my great grandpa, my grandfather, who uh, is a Mexican from East LA, uh, he had an album called Team Leader. Hey, you want to be the team leader? Uh, by George Lopez, and I used to listen to this shit every fucking day after school. Like I would go home, I'd fucking put the CD in, and I'd die laughing. And that introduced me to to him. And then I started watching his show, the George Lopez show from the early two thousands. I do remember I a- it. I like I I couldn't tell you about one episode, but I know that it existed. I have, I think not only me moving to a you know a town El Monte you know where I'm surrounded by Mexicans and uh, my gr- my grandfather's Mexican and uh, I think I just really connected with it you know what I mean yeah. and it's funny because it's funny be- because people still go to George Lopez stand up shows thinking they're gonna see the George Lopez from TV kind of like the Bob Saget thing and then they're fucking horrified George Lopez walks motherfuckers constantly because they don't know what to expect when they go see a stand-up you know what i mean he's just fucking filthy and uh yeah i gotta give it to george lopez for my number 10 okay i i fucks with that i am hey listen i'm gonna let you know uh um, none of that none of that carlos mencia bullshit oh no, no fuck him fuck him for a number of reasons i listen i can respect george lopez as a number 10 because again for me I never necessarily resonated with it in that same way because again, I'm not Mexican. So I think that that is definitely, you know, again, he was, as far as I know, um, if not revolutionary, but just like, you know, as a Latin comedian, he definitely fucking, if he's still out there doing shows, rocking stages, then I fucks with it. I definitely. Oh I'm, yeah, dude. He's, he's still fucking. I'm into that. big theaters and shit. Word. You know. So what's your number nine? All right. Well, so my number nine is Eddie Murphy. So I had a fight with an Italian dude. Right after around time, Rocky came out. Italian, white people, period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, hey, this is real. 
Yeah, and Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italians. After Italians see Rocky, they come out the movie theater, they be like, Italians are funny people because they act like niggas. It's real funny. <laughs> they do. They hold their dick more than us to be standing around with it. Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? What? Hey, fuck you, all right? Everything is a question, too. Hey, what am I, an asshole? What am I, fucking jerk? Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? Because I, li- I, I listen to Raw and Delirious. Oh, love it. Mostly Raw, but I listen to Raw way too many times to not. Yeah. Like, oh my lord. Like, that was, I, there was a time in my life where I could recite that shit from fucking front to back. The entire <laughs> fucking thing. No, like, no problem. Oh my god. Yeah, but you you put that on for you know one of these kids who are like offended at everything, bro. They oh my be able to lord! Shit. Holy shit! Like he was just. What I also think is great because if you remember for the time, it must have been like around his because I don't know the exact you know position of it, but like Saturday Night Live and all that shit, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, I know the those delirious and the, and uh, the other one came out early '80s. Well, but so, so I, I don't just, know if, if he was on SNL back I then. Get, I, I'm well, not an so, SNL guy. I guess this is more so my point. He was so famous when that was all going down, and he was just out there being fucking filthy. And who would have ever guessed? that Bill Cosby would have ended up being the less moral of the two of them when he was yeah. fucking shitting on him for cursing. Well, that's that that's the thing about people who shit on people and their lifestyle choices yeah. or what they want to talk about, you know what I mean? Like Bill Cosby didn't just do that, that to way. Bill Cosby did that to every dirty comedian. Andrew Dice Clay has a story, fucking Chris Rock has a everybody who's oh, I'm dirty. Sure has a story about that motherfucker. Yeah, well, sounds like a lot of these so women do too. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, definitely get down with Eddie Murphy. Uh, it's amazing that you you watch Delirious and then you watch Shrek and you're like, oh, this is quite a switch. Now, you want to know what though? <laughs> I've come to find over time that you, most- I love Shrek, by the way. Most, no, true indeed. Most actors and comedians and shit, like, their actual work like Patton Oswalt is a perfect example of that fucking king of queens baby like the idea of being just like clean basically in one way but super dirty in another but so yeah, yeah uh, there's there's a few people that have you know, you know done that but so who's uh your number nine my number nine now um unlike my number two uh, th- this guy is heavily associated with my number two, but my number nine is Jeff Foxworthy. Okay. It's great to be in Jackson. See, I don't even have to enunciate tonight. Because in a lot of parts of the country, you know, people hear me talk, they automatically want to deduct 100 IQ points. Because apparently the southern accent's not the world's most intelligent sounding accent. You know, and to be honest, I mean, none of us would want to hear our brain surgeon say, All right, now what we're going to do is... <laughs> Saw the top of your head off, root around in there with a stick and see if we can't find that dead burn clot. He like, no thanks, I'll just die, okay? Uh, Jeff Foxworthy made my list because again, this was, uh, I discovered this in foster care. My foster brother listened to Jeff Foxworthy and I just thought he was hilarious, and now you listen to him, and you're like, you know what? This he really doesn't get the credit for his intelligent material. He really does. Of all the Southern guys, Foxworthy and Ron White, they got the deepest material, and I'd say Foxworthy even has the more intelligent material. Like if you you really go back, I gotta tell you, I have always personally. Now my thing is this. They didn't, none of them made my list because, again, none of them really resonated with me in a way that I never really lived country. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, yeah, it was that. I, and I, I did. think that shit is I, super I, cool. I, 
But I also, yeah. I know that those people don't like to be appropriated, so, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fake the funk and act like that's something that I ever really super got down on like that. However, what I will say is that, again, Ron White, um, Jeff Foxworthy, but also Bill Engvall, I really yeah. do think that those guys were really, because this was my thing. While I was married, I was able to appreciate their shit a lot more because a lot of those dudes do married material. And right. married material is solid if you are married or have been married. So you have something to reference because you know what being married was like. Like, right. it is, you know, there is a lot of, you know, fucking commonalities that you're able to do shit with. But I think that they're very... I do think that they have very intelligent material, but you have to remember the fact that Jeff Foxworthy took that fucking, if you, you might be a redneck shit. Yeah. And he made, he made himself a millionaire on it. But, but I also remember Larry, the cable guy saying to him at a roast, if your opener outsells you by like some crazy amount and then like sells millions of dollars more, you might be a redneck. Like <laughs> fucking laced him, bro. And I and here's the thing, Larry the Cable Guy I have heard is one of the most generous and chill people of all time. But yeah. I like. We'll get to him. No, we'll I know, I know. But I just, to me, I think that Jeff Foxworthy gets the credit for opening the redneck door because I don't think. Anybody was really absolutely. taking it, t- taking it oh, serious. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely, and he he gets the credit for that. Like okay. the, no one, no All one right. is as saying any. There and, on it. Yeah, no, no one is saying uh, anyone other than Jeff Foxworthy opened that whole fucking genre up. All right, oh you no, know what well, I mean? all right, like, word. No, I, I fuck with he, that. He uh, is, I'm with that, he is definitely the undisputed king of that shit. And what I'm saying is, you go listen now as an adult. Um, and you've listened to your fair share of fucking, you know, what they call intelligent comedians, right, you know, right. Bill Hicks and these kind of guys, right? And you listen, his shit is equally as good, and I know I'm probably going to get shit for that. His shit is equally as good. It's just a whole different genre. You know what well, I, mean? I mean? And and it's equally intelligent when you go listen to it. You're like, yo, this is some, like, actual... I don't know. Deep listen, fucking shit. He's talking. I will about. have to go back because I hey, look. I have no shame. I've listened to plenty of Jeff Foxworthy in my time, but I will have to go back and listen to it because I don't know the it, it, to equate Jeff Foxworthy to. Bill I'm not. Hicks I'm not equa- uh, okay, a. Okay, that was a bad. That was, I f- listen. I'm not thing, trying way, to equate. I just want to point this out, and you know, we'll you'll see the relevance of this as we go on, but. I don't necessarily think Bill Hicks was super intelligent. Let's be clear here. I think No, that- no, I'm not I'm not saying he was. I'm saying how he is perceived by his fucking snobby audience. Uh, I get you want to know what? I guess I could cop to that that it's some people that get down with his shit. I I bet dude, I bet fucking I bet Bill Hicks. And I've heard stories about Bill Hicks being real fucking cool to like prop comics and shit. If he's cool to prop comics, you don't think he'd be cool with fucking Jeff Foxworthy and shit? Oh no, it's I'm the sure, audience. No, it's I'm, the audience. The, the, the only person that fucking Je- that uh, Bill Hicks wouldn't have been cool with was Dennis Leary. They had a whole fucking thing where supposedly he had stolen. Ah uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Well, but Dennis hey, Leary's a fucking my, joke. My uh, the homie just uh, made his appearance. Revan Television in the fucking building. What's good, man? What up? But, what uh, up? What's happening? What's good? I heard you guys talking about comedians. I'm walking in blind. What's what is uh, what? What you're at eight now? Eight out of yep. Yeah, we're at eight. Yeah. Yep. From ten to one. And his is much different than mine. Yes, correct. So again, my number eight. I so picked, Louis C.K. Uh, is and that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, his material is good. Again. Not only uh, married material, but also divorce material. I love being divorced. Every year has been better than the last. And this is the only time I can say that about. And by the way, I'm not saying don't get married. If you meet somebody, fall in love and get married. And then get divorced. Because that's the best part. It's the best part. Marriage is just like a larva stage for true happiness. Which is divorce 
because you just let go and everything's fine now. Divorce is forever. So I thought that uh, he was there for a... He was somebody I listened to while I was married and divorced and it was a whole thing. But also, he is on my list because he got like canceled basically yeah but then he didn't yeah. now he just does shows wherever he talks well, I mean, about why the situation you, why can you and then why do you fucking, get canceled if you if you're whacking off in front of a girl and you ask permission and she says yes what's the fucking problem uh, you want to know what so the problem basically was that those women some of them anyway were working like either for him or with him and the fact uh, that he's like famous basically means that it's like taking advantage that's of your the position. problem that's the idea right eh, but poor shit. They here's the other, no. but but at the same time my answer to that has always been who would have ever assumed that the guy who spent his entire career talking about taking his dick out <laughs> yeah. would have been taking his dick out who would have fucking thought like, well, it's like, yo, bro, Tom, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Motley Crue just got in trouble because Tommy Lee whipped out his dick and oh, told the yeah, crowd to whip their dicks shock out. There. Uh, it's shocking, right? A man with a fucking, uh, known oh, for his well, fucking Tommy lengthy Lee, dick is whipping his dick out. Tommy Lee got very famous specifically for showing his dick. So, like, yeah. let's just keep that in mind specifically. Yeah, I, I love Louis C.K., man. He's very important in uh, comedy, specifically modern comedy. Uh, he yeah. put on, he'll put on a lot of comedians. He's literally like a fucking force to be reckoned with, with between writing, directing. He just put out a film last year that with uh, this comedian from uh, Boston named Joe List. Where if you guys don't know who he is, he's a very good uh, up and coming. I know the I know the uh, serial killer. <laughs> oh well, that's. I had no idea there's a serial killer named Joe List. Yeah, I think he murdered his whole family. That's huh. that is well. awesome, and I hope that Joe List, the comic, uh, does uh, but... some material on that. Cause <laughs> but no, Louis C.K. is definitely a. Um, he says some gritty shit, um, man. This. I am. Um, I actually. Uh, I don't know if I, Max. I probably told you this story a thousand times, but I. Uh, I love comedy. I've been into it my whole life, and I actually one time was at a Boston uh, com comedians showcase with like Nick DiPaolo, Jim Norton, and uh, I forget a few other uh, Boston guys. And uh, this is at the height of Louis, like the show. The show when it's on FX, and he. Uh, there was rumors that he was going to come in and da 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 da. Long story short, Louis C.K. crashed the comedy cellar and then shut it down for like 45 minutes just off the fucking cuff. Like, yeah. He, he was... definitely seems like the kind of comedian who it would be fun to watch him work out material. And then I saw some of the shit. Only one of the bits, I was really drunk too, but like one of the bits I remember making it to his next special. It's the one where he talks about, uh, the, the Wizard of Oz, how he watched it, and how, like, overdramatic, like, I watched him work I do, that out. I do you love that I, one. That's so good. That is a good one. Yeah. But, no, I, uh, Dan Cummins is a uh, comedian that I listen to who um, he talks about on uh, one of his podcasts. I don't know his podcast. I know. Time Suck. It's really you, good. So you and every other my friends, they tell me, and I've watched, it's funny, it's though, because I watched man. his stand-up, and his stand-up was pretty good, so I'd probably like the, oh, he's uh, his I'd probably like the podcast then. Well, so, it's a historical podcast, but it's also a reverent, or, well, historical serial killers, cults. Yeah, it's like honestly, last, I think you'd like it a lot. Every time uh, <coughs> it, it, it sounds oh. like it's like uh, last podcast on the left, you know, like horror, comedy, true crime, conspiracy, all all of the above, basically. But so, all right, Louis C.K. That's my number eight. What are we looking at for your uh, your number eight? So my number eight is a comedian. Unless you're on the West Coast or you're really into his podcast, you probably haven't heard of him. His name is Sam Tripoli. Oh, I love Sam Tripoli. I was in Ottawa, Canada with Joe Rogan. I started counting black people. I got the five. I mean, there's more black people in the Wu-Tang Clan than there is in Ottawa, Canada. I don't know how you keep black guys out. They would love Canada. Canada's black man paradise. Fat white chicks and Asians. 
right? Everywhere, I fucking love it here. I've been seeing all these black guys dating Asians. Brothers, you can't do that shit. You're gonna wreck that shit. You can't drop three snatch divisions. You can't do that, ma'am. That's like a heavyweight fighting a flyweight. You're gonna fuck it up. You're gonna wreck that dojo, man. Here's how it goes. Black guys get white chicks. White guys get Mexican chicks. Mexican guys get Asian chicks. Asian guys cry in the corner. That's how it goes. See, I know the name. I'm just not super familiar with his work, but I know he's Sarah, like he's one of the comedians who can just go into a room and shut it down like wherever. Basically. You would fucking yeah. hate Sam Tripoli, man. Really? Yeah, Why is that? He has a, uh, he's a, a podcast uh, called Tinfoil Hat, and like he's oh fucking, my god, it's he is. That's oh, how I know his know, name. Then. Fucking, oh, he's yo, all in. You know what? Um, you know what's ill? Um, Sarah, because um, my I actually it's not like I can't have a conversation with those people. No, I, just I don't I, agree I, with you. A lot of no, you would literally. Between his cadence and like the way oh, that he right. talks, like I, <laughs> I know you, Max, but like yeah, fair enough. You know, uh, he, I guess he's really cool though because my um, um, my writing partner, because I, I I have like a web series and shit. Uh, my partner, she's a comedian in Los Angeles, Sarah Martin. I doubt you'll hear this, but shout out. She played yeah, with yeah, him. tell her about it. She uh, she played um, with. Theo Vaughn, Sam Triffley. Theo Vaughn is really funny. And a few other comedians at the uh, comedy store last year. Very and cool. she said that um, Sam's like a really fucking cool guy. I, well, and so again, I believe uh, that like, my thing is, I don't think that, I, th I really do think I can like most comedians. And I say that because I can even, in I like, I enjoy Jeff Dunham. Well, well, hold on. Because here's the thing about Sam. Yes, he, he has... Dunham. Sam does have a, he's very into, he's deep in conspiracies like fucking lizard people and shit, right? Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily talk about all that shit in detail, like on, with his stand-up comedy. His stand-up comedy is a lot more relatable. Oh, it's dick uh, jokes it's, and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's dick jokes, and it's not its not crazy conspiracy. That's Eddie Bravo. That's what Eddie Bravo is doing now is like crazy conspiracy comedy. But uh, Sam Tripoli, I think... Even if you hate his fucking point of view and shit, if you if you could watch one of his stand-up comedy specials, you'll laugh. I think that Max would love the stand-up, but if he ever heard one episode of fucking Tinfoil, you would fucking... I don't know. Like, I mean, it's definitely... It's possible, if only because I... Well, my problem is that when it comes they go, to a lot yo, of that shit, I need proof, man. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. What's uh, what's a, what's your homie's name? It was Scribble. Scribble. I knew it was Scribble. Scribble. Okay. Yo, uh, do, do you listen to the, the Tinfoil Hat podcast? I've I've been on it. That's all. <laughs> 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 That's all. What did you fucking talk about with I've, Sam Tripoli, no. bro? Now here, here's the thing. We did an we did an episode, but the fucking shit was uh, it was real bad quality on my end. So we're gonna have to re-record it. I gotta hit him up, and we're, we're gonna have to re-record the episode. But we did a whole episode on the foster care system. No shit. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing that you like. I was I was gonna say he has everybody on his podcast. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah, me too. Yo, that's oh, that's, that's pretty great. fucking hilarious. That's really no, cool. I know that's great. Now, and you want to know what? So, so that is, I will be honest. This is the first comedian, and hopefully the only one, if I recall correctly, but uh, the only one who is work I'm really not familiar with at all. So yeah, I will definitely have to uh, check some of his shit out. But uh, if Derek gives him the cosign. Oh, he's then funny, dude. He's, he's fucking That is man. definitely a, uh, but so. He's one of those comedians. He, he does those shows where you just, you have no topic and you got to go up and just do crowd work and he kills with that. Okay. Now I can fuck with that. I definitely like, uh, there's a dude, Rand Barnaclo, who's uh, real good with that. But so, all right, moving along. My number seven is Patton Oswald. And the, look, the post office, I'll give you some wiggle room. There's, there's eight or nine choices. DMV, there's no excuse for any wait at the DMV. You don't go to the DMV until they send you a letter. And the letter is one-sided, and the shit you're supposed to do is in a box. They put a box around, bring a check for $33. 
fill this out, bring it in, and we'll get this done. And everybody that comes in, they're all holding their paper. This paper came, that's not today's date, that was three days ago. Then there's a drawing of an eagle. Do I get an eagle? I can't take care of an eagle. Then that's, how, what, what is that? What are these, no, and by the way, the person at the counter at the DMV, they can't go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> their job, their job when they see that is to go, I don't know what it is about you. Maybe it's the way you're waving the piece of paper in the air or you're pointing at random numbers and letters, but I just, I gotta get you behind the wheel of a car. I don't know what it is. And again, like I said, he was somebody who I remember watching on that full frontal comedy shit on, um, fucking Showtime and he's always just had really ridiculous bits but he also did like Dungeons and Dragons and nerd jokes and shit and like I don't know but he was also I don't know it was weird he's always had this ability to have like really like goofy shit but also be like really scathing and offensive like I remember him doing jokes about 9-11 in a way where I was like, holy shit, you can actually fucking talk about 9-11 like that? Uh -huh. But fucking nowadays, it's like fucking whatever. Well, that's kind of, I, I do love Patton Oswalt. I think he's hilarious. I used to watch him on King of Queens. That's what I knew him from originally. Right. And then I saw I saw him at the comedy store with him him and his homie, uh, uh, Brian Posehn. Right, Bri I do and, like Brian Posehn. Oh, yeah, he's funny. And I, I, I met them both after the show, and they were cool as fuck, you know what I mean? But uh, it, it is kind of weird that, that Patton Oswalt, if you go listen to his shit, like you were talking about like the 9-11 jokes, and he had a lot, him and Sil Sarah Silverman, too. Like, I just find it funny that these are two people who, in 2023, are, like, saying you can't say this and you can't do this and that's not funny and this isn't funny. Like, yo, you were doing all that shit. What are you talking about? Sarah Silverman did blackface. I've heard that Patton Oswalt, like, didn't uh, step up to the plate to defend Chappelle when everything went down. Yeah, and shit like that. I think like, I... That's kind of whack, dude. To, to, you know what I mean? Like, if you really... My question would be how close were they before the... I don't know, and that's that's the thing, because, like, you know, we're all out of here, you know, so, like, it's so funny, like, as I said, like, because I'm, I'm kind of, like, out of the loop and out of the game, but, like, I, I watch, you know... People like family and fucking I'll die. You know what I mean. This like, is my. You know. This is the way that I look at it. If they were close, yeah. If they were really close, then to me, it actually does make a little bit of sense to be like, would he come to his aid in the sense of saying something yeah. about it? But if they're not close, I don't think as comedians that everybody had to, unless he cast his hat against him, which I think is ridiculous. Then fucking. Like, because the whole thing, it, it, fucking Dave Chappelle wasn't even anti-trans. People are just fucking... That's what I hate. Piss, That's what I hate People are just pissy. About, I, no, I, They're just I, aggravated people, about shit. They just want to be fucking, they want to be mad about something. I feel like a lot of these hot take uh, things happen in like in a quest for relevance that people will just like share the headline, share the headline, and they don't actually feel anything that they actually say. They just kind of like want to be in the loop in in any case to have any kind of opinion on it uh you know because that's how you stay in the conversation and the algorithm etc but like to yeah. say i uh, i i, I, and, uh, I and i hate that and that's why i'm irrelevant because i like to actually know what i'm talking about before i talk about it but like so i'm talking about a lot of shit because there's so much shit happening all the time but like i think the three of us can agree that like a lot of us and it ties back to what you're saying about pat and oswald like you know, you have that. You have you kind of start your career on this kind of material, and then to stay relevant, you'll switch and sway to the to the crowd. You know, but uh, I, I I think that I don't want to live in a world where I, there's not something that doesn't make me upset because like then I don't know that it exists. You know what I mean? Like I need to know. Yeah. I need to know where people stand, kinda. And I also like to be entertained and sometimes people like the craziest fucking people will say the most outlandish shit they might not even mean it man like a lot of comedians i'm friends joe with a lot rogan's of comedians. done a joe rogan's done a bunch of fucking uh bits where he says shit like that where it's like if you if, if like i like i'll tell you the truth but if the lie is funnier i'll go with that like because this is a comedy show how many rappers do we listen to right like especially nowadays like uh 
they had crazy, bro, like, if you go back to every fucking dope rapper in the history of hip-hop, they've all had some rape bars, they've all had some crazy shit. Think of DMX, he, here's dude, what, you know, uh, like, fucking DMX alone, like, you know, You got like, a daughter older than 13? A yeah. raper. Like, that's an actual fucking lyric. Blood on my dick because I fucked a corpse, you know, yeah. like, in, like in, in, oh, the, yeah. in his murals. And like that's because it's out, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. And you can't, and you can't control how people who listens, how pe how people react. I had a I had a line in the song I'm on with Vinny Paz, right? Vinny Paz is known for, especially early on, saying incredibly offensive shit about Christians and shit like that, right? So I'm on a song with Vinny Paz, so I'm like, you know what? What I love about Vinny Paz, that's what I loved about him was he said crazy offensive shit. So I my opening line on that song is it's the boomstick butcher with the chainsaw hand. If we throw in hands, you getting chopped up like a trans. I had someone message me saying, yeah, dude, I fucking hate trans people. They should all be murdered. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just a dope line, man. You can't control how people react to your shit. Yo, it's the boomstick butcher with the chainsaw hand. If we throw in hands, you getting chopped up like a trans. On my block, you ain't gonna walk without catching a fade. With my razor blade, catch you faggots you know what I mean? But well, yeah, but so unfortunately, that's the argument shit. for not being able to say that shit is that it motivates people that I don't give a fuck that it motivates people. Like, how many people heard that shit compared to the one person who was like, "Yeah, fuck trans." Yeah, and I, I'll, I, you know, there, there is, um, I don't know, because esoteric. That's a funny line, by the way. I like that. I like fucked up things. And uh, esoteric, <laughs> esoteric had a line. That he said, uh, he, he he takes balls when you enter my lane like agenda change, and like you know what I mean. Like, who's that hurting besides the guy well, with no, the surgery? But so you know, that's, like, <laughs> my thing is, I don't think that you shouldn't be able to talk about the shit at all. Yeah. I want to be clear. I don't think there's anything wrong with not being able to talk about it, but I also do think that it's not helpful to be fucking hateful. That's all I'm saying. I think being a hateful, what that shit don't accomplish nothing. Outside of fucking subdivision, but, but but how many of these comedians or these rappers are truly being hateful? I don't. You want to know what? It depends because I don't listen that deeply to a lot of them, so it really depends I'd on say, what their I'd opinions say, actually are. Like, listen, I'll tell you right now. I don't hate Boozy. I ain't mad at the man, but he's got some crazy fucking opinions. How can you not? Like, you look at the things that you know these people say, and it's like that's fucking wild but all right well, fine. like you know who you know who's someone who i fuck i hate watch this guy all the time but i love him too is lord jamar <laughs> oh boy you know, lord jamar, lord jamar, not jamar like me. Lo mm -hmm. lord i, jamar I am a guest is, in the house of hip-hop <laughs> well we could we could have we could have that whole conversation too and oh, there, there, there's part there's there's parts I agree with and mainly parts I heavily disagree with I by mean, Lord Jamar. I, you want to know what? A broken clock is but, right twice a day. That's all I can listen, say about that. Listen, Lord Jamar, Lord Jamar goes online and says the most incredibly hateful shit. Yeah. And he means the shit. Oh, I he know he does. Like Louis Farrakhan but, and shit. Who, who knew that this Patton Oswalt would, would spark such a fucking Yeah, I know, debate. right? Well... <laughs> I, well, because no, you want to know what is because I think it came down to him.